This is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is The Full Story. Hi, my name is Mustafa Roshani. I am a reporter for The Guardian, and I have been shopping at Litcombe Shopping Centre and taking a look at grocery prices there. Mustafa is part of a reporting team that's on a mission to find the cheapest fruit and vegetables. And to do that, 10 reporters scour more than 60 supermarkets across Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Townsville and regional Victoria. Okay, location number three, Woolies Champsite. Let's see whether you really do get your Woolies worth. Seven ninety for eggplants at Woolworths. Seven ninety compared to two ninety nine at Gasco. That's almost five dollars. Like, are they coating the eggplant in an invisible layer of gold that I can't see? Like, why is it that more expensive? I have pink lady apples, Granny Smith apples, zucchinis, eggplant, sweet potato, washed potatoes, pack and pears, and bok choy. And altogether, it came to eighteen dollars, which is pretty good. What they discover exposes some myths about Australia's big supermarkets and the way they market our food. Today, the hidden price tag behind Australia's fruit and vegetables. It's Tuesday, the 1st of August. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Nick Evershed, you're the data and interactives editor for Guardian Australia. Can you tell me about this plan to find the cheapest fruit and vegetables and how it was hatched? So I shop in Chinese grocers a lot and have done for, for many, many years to buy fruit and veg, mostly vegetables. And I'd always noticed that things like your, your bok choy, your choy sum was almost always cheaper mm. at the Chinese grocer than it was at Coles or Woolies. So the first thing I did was I actually went out by myself and went to maybe nine shops in my area. And that was enough to convince me that we should try and design a survey uh, with as, as many Guardian people as could be possibly roped in. And we got maybe 10 people total. So we went to the major supermarkets, which is mostly Coles and Woolworths, but we also have a few Aldis in the data. And we then looked at independent grocery stores. Um, so that's basically anyone that aren't in the major category. And within that independent category, we also had Asian supermarkets. So like Chinese, Korean, Japanese grocers, that sort of thing. And on top of that, we also recorded the Harris Farm Imperfect uh, section separately. What do you mean by imperfects? So this is produce that might be a little bit aesthetically, I guess, of a lower standard than you might find at the major supermarkets. There might be blemishes, there might be different shapes, so like curly sweet potatoes or kind of, you know, curly zucchinis or, or, or things like that. But they're all fine to eat. And I should say that Coles and Woolies do offer 
cheaper vegetables in their their own imperfect section, but their range is not as wide as you might find at some of these other stores. Either you could only buy their imperfect stuff in big bulk bags of like a kilo or more, or they just didn't have much at all. So for example, the Coles that I went to only had apples and pears off our list. And that's why we weren't actually able to include those uh, big chain imperfects in our survey. Mustafa, you were part of this team of journalists. Tell me about your journey. Well, uh, so I went to my local shopping center in Western Sydney. Uh, and what I did was kind of trace my own steps that I take during my shopping journeys. Uh, because often I will go to the independent grocers mainly because they'll have things that Woolies might not have. What types of things? Uh, so they have things like Lebanese pickles, olives and things like that, that I really love. Or they have like imported olive oil. And now I'm giving away my, my shopping. Sorry. <laughs> so I already had an inkling that they were just a bit cheaper or, or had better deals. So Nick, what did the survey find overall? So I think the most important thing we found was the major supermarkets were very rarely the cheapest option for fruit and veg. Um, for most of the items, we saw that there was almost always a cheaper price on offer somewhere else. And in the regional areas, of course, this can be difficult because there's not as much competition. Mm. But certainly in the big cities, you could almost always get a better price by shopping around. So that was the first thing. The second thing was sort of answering that question, which was, you know, are particular store types cheaper overall? And to do that, we looked at the average price of the produce by store category And we were actually able to say that, yes, like Asian supermarkets were cheaper for things like sweet potato, bok choy, and Harris Farm Imperfects were cheaper on most things than the other major supermarkets. Mustafa, what was the biggest price difference? The biggest discrepancy we found were with eggplants, which were $3.64 cheaper at Asian grocers and $4.88 cheaper at the Harris Farm Imperfects range. So there, there are savings to be made here. Nick, how did you feel when your hunch, you realised it was it was right? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised because I, I had seen it for a very long time already, but I guess I was most surprised by the range of the price difference Mm. So it's not like every independent store is going to have lower prices, but it is probably the case if you shop around, you should be able to find a good a good price somewhere. Do you think this is all a bit too hard for the average consumer, Nick, to figure out what is a fair price for food and where they, they can get it? I, I think it is hard. And, you know, the, the sheer, you know, mental effort and time involved in shopping around can also be like overwhelming for people. So, um I'm not saying people absolutely should go out there and go to like five different stores to find the best one for them. Mm. It's it's more the case that, you know, don't always assume that the big chains will have the lowest prices. And if you can shop elsewhere and you do find that, you know, you're beginning to spend a bit less, then that's good. So Mustafa, the big chain supermarkets aren't the cheapest place to get fruit and vegetables. How does this compare to their marketing around their prices? 
So, I mean, some of the ads have become iconic about um, how low their prices are and how much they try and keep them low. I spoke to some experts who said there's a big disconnect between how the major supermarkets sell themselves and the reality of the prices. I spoke to a market manager from Victoria named Don Link. He spoke a lot about the realities of the prices versus the way in which they've kind of sold themselves as caretakers of Australian consumers. He said it was a damning indictment of what they say in contrast to what they're doing. Um, And some of that perception is built into their buying power, that they're able to buy so much uh, and therefore they can give you the best deal. Mm. And I think uh, that is largely been proven wrong by this survey, at least to some degree. I do think that, you know, it, it comes down to individual fruit and veg. But the fact that you can get a better deal elsewhere speaks a lot to how much of a myth it is that major supermarkets offer the best deals on fruit and veg. So Mustafa, why is there this disconnect? Why are fruit and vegetables more expensive at the big supermarket chains? Independent supermarkets could be able to charge lower prices because they employ fewer staff. They ha- they might have lower costs. Often it's just an individual family-run business um, and they have individual relationships with some of the suppliers so they can work through it. Sometimes it's things like them being able to work off seasonal fruit and vegetables um, and, and offer better deals in that sense. But one of the biggest concerns is the supermarket chain's price gouging and essentially boils down to them charging more than they need to, uh, that there's a market price that they have increased. My colleague Jonathan Barrett has analyzed Coles and Woolworths financial accounts over a five-year period, and he found that they persistently increase margins on their food business through the pandemic and through the current cost of living crisis. And this problem is made worse in Australia than in other countries because essentially we have a duopoly. Right. We have this duopoly of Coles and Woolworths. How does this compare to supermarkets overseas? The two major chains have cornered the market. They control two-thirds of this industry, a much bigger share of the market than in comparable countries overseas. Price increases are also kind of a, a bigger problem in Australia compared to other countries. Australia's big supermarkets are far more profitable than those in the United Kingdom, uh, and wholesale global food prices have been dropping consistently over the past year. Mm. Right. We have spoken about this issue on the podcast with our business reporter, Jonathan Barrett. And at the time, Coles and Woolworths were saying that they weren't price gouging, they weren't ripping off customers, and that their profits are actually just because they were saving money kind of in, in the back end. What else do they have to say about why their fruit and vegetables are so expensive? Both. Woolworths and Coles spoke to me about this and said that some of the issues with price comes down to supplies increasing prices, that there are particular costs around fuel, transport, climate change, for example, that are not in their hands and that it still has led to you know, increased prices on particular items. They also added to me that prices in general are going down, but I don't think that necessarily makes a big difference when there are lower prices to be found regardless. So if it's going down for them, it's going down for everybody else. And the concern about price gouging from what I could see still exists. So price gouging is a really big concern here. Is there anything else that might be driving up these costs? So one of the issues that we mentioned um, and that's, that came up often was um, aesthetic standards. One of the experts I spoke to, Don Link, he said that the standards were essentially putting upward pressure on prices. And he said that's because it's forced suppliers to plant more than what they would be using or selling and that you're never going to get a 100% perfect looking 
fruit or vegetable and it's causing a lot of food wastage it's causing a lot of pressure on farmers to deliver as much fruit and vegetable as possible and we're talking about enormous amounts here that are delivered and then again enormous amounts that are tossed into the landfill Next, how our obsession with perfect food is driving up our grocery bills. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's go from the top. I'll just get you to introduce yourself, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Dr. Lucas Parker, and I'm from the School of Media and Communication at RMIT University, and I'm also part of the Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Centre. And tell us about ugly food. How does this contribute to food waste in Australia? Well, ugly food contributes to food waste in the way that supermarkets set uh, standards around the types of foods that they will buy because they partly know that consumers are wanting to buy uh, more perfect looking Mm. fruit. And as a consequence of that, the other fruit that is produced by farmers, and we produce far more fruit than actually we sell, that fruit is either thrown out or fed into other products, or occasionally it is fed back into the soil as part of composting. So most of the fruit that we look that is ugly actually just doesn't ever go to consumers. It doesn't make it to the supermarket. Is our focus on perfect food, making our grocery bill more expensive? It is, but I think we've got to be careful not to blame consumers here because if we're looking inside the major supermarkets, and and that's all of the supermarkets, including Aldi and even IGA, as well as Woolworths and Coles, most of the food that we are presented with is pretty much what we would call cosmetically appealing food. It looks good. It looks of the right shape. They look like what we now think is ordinary food. The food that is not cosmetically appealing, so ugly food, is often not presented to us as consumers. So therefore, it's very hard for us to actually buy that food if it's not readily available. Or in the case of some of the major supermarkets, it's the 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 food that's put at the end of the aisles and put in a special section like it's something that's different and not ordinary like the rest of the other food. And so we had this real challenge as consumers being able to first access it and then also dealing with our own uh, predisposition to buy what looks appealing. What is at the root of that predisposition to get a little philosophical. Why, when you're scanning, you know, the the fruit and veggies, are you picking the prettiest one? 
Yes, we've been conditioned to believe that cosmetically appealing fruit is something that is desirable. It comes through TV shows which show only best-looking fruit. And so consequently, we have expectations. And even inside supermarkets ourselves, when we go in, there can be a whole box filled with fruit and we tend to pick through the fruit ourselves. And therefore, we pick the ones that we think look the best as well. Uh, Certainly guilty of that myself. I imagine everyone (laughs) listening would be as well. Oh, we all do it. And we also need to be able to admit the flaws that we all have. And I think until we actually admit our own behaviours and actually are are really observing what we do, we can't actually change it. But we also need to remember we're part of a system and we can only buy what's available to us. I want to talk numbers. I mean, how big an issue is food waste overall and how much does our obsession with perfect food feed into that? Food waste is a terrifying um worry that we have. We produce far more food than what we need. Um, you know, we have enough food on this planet to to be able to sustain all of the humans on this planet, yet we're terrible at distributing it. And in Australia overall, 7.6 million tonnes of food is wasted or lost every single year. So that works out to 300 kilos per person. And around one third of that is in our homes. The other two thirds comes through before it reaches to consumers. So that happens inside farms. It happens in supermarkets. It happens as part of transportation and distribution. Foods that never, ever go through through to the supermarket. Mm. Some of that waste is imperfect food, but a lot of it is not. And also, if we're looking at it from a greenhouse perspective, around 10% of all greenhouse gases comes from food that is wasted Mm. and therefore contributing to uh, global heating. Supermarkets say they do have strategies in place to reduce food waste. They send some food to food banks. They send foods back to farms to be used in the soil. Is that effective? Um, it can be, but but uh, supermarkets can argue pretty strongly that they actually don't have a high levels of food waste because a lot of it is that 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 responsibility is pushed back down the chain or or using food banks. And food banks are a great thing. They really are. They are a way of helping to ensure that that food is properly distributed rather than going it to waste. But at the same time, um, you know, reducing that waste in the first place would be actually the most desirable thing that supermarkets can do. We have seen the kind of ugly food movement kick off with small you know, suppliers and retailers providing it directly to people's homes. You've got it sold in the supermarkets as well in special sections. But what would be the most effective way to kind of change this system of, you know, selling perfect food and putting imperfect food to the side? Well, I I would say that the, the best way for us to do it is in terms of the way that supermarkets are purchasing fruit and vegetables in the first place, that instead of actually having the choice and being able to choose the best, that they're actually buying in bulks where there is different levels and different grades of fruit and therefore enabling that opportunity for consumers to be able to to have access to that fruit in the first place. It's not just consumers' responsibility, it's government. It's also uh, producers and also the supermarkets in providing that food. We are in a cost of living crisis and Guardian reporters have been going out trying to find the the cheapest fruit and vegetables to to help people get by. Do you have any advice for people to source both ethical and cheap food? 
One of the best ways for consumers to save and to be able to reduce their food waste is actually to shop more often. And that sounds counterintuitive, but what it is, is instead of going and doing that weekly shop and that most of us should not be doing a weekly shop if we can. And I know that it's really hard for people who are juggling families and life. Um, but going more often means that we tend to buy food that will only last two or three days rather than food that lasts what we think lasts a week. Um, that helps us to reduce the amount of waste that we create and therefore helps us to uh, increase the amount of savings we can make with, with the cost of food. Many people are stretched for time, though, and may not be able to get to the shops every few days. What can they do? For those people trying to juggle things, um, meal planning longer term is a really good thing. You know, for me and my own personal circumstance, you, learning how to use your freezer effectively as part of meal planning and ensuring that you've got you know, food that's available when you need it for those times that you are too busy. The problem is that with when we're looking at meal planning, and life intervenes. Uh, we go out, we get tired some nights, and therefore food that we bought with the best intentions to meet that plan tends to, to go, go to waste. Um, so meal planning is a good option, and, and it's of, often the best option, particularly for those who are leading really busy lives with big families. was Lucas Parker, an associate professor at RMIT and co-researcher at Fight Food Waste CRC. Earlier, you also heard from Dick Evershed, data and interactives editor at Guardian Australia, and Mustafa Rashwani, a reporter at Guardian Australia. You can read their full cost of eating series at theguardian.com. As part of that series, a bunch of reporters, including Mustafa, spent a week without shopping at the big chain supermarkets, which is a really fun and interesting piece. We've linked to all of that on the full story page. In response to questions sent to Coles and Woolworths, the supermarkets both say they are not profiteering. Specifically, Coles says that it has never invested more in value for customers. Woolworths says it is very aware of the impact of living costs and its focus on delivering value. Woolworths does need to balance the needs of all stakeholders as a major employer and contributor to the national economy. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Camilla Hannan, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Catch you tomorrow. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.